This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, Giant fans. Welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer, the heart of Giants Nation. Nobody beats the biz. Chris Bizignano. And folks, we have a very special guest today. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Actually, two-time kicking him into the Super Bowl. Lawrence Tynes, baby. Welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast, bud. Great to have you, man. That's a good intro. Most of them get so long-winded, and I'm like, did you just read my wiki page? (laughs) Well, listen. That one one is all I need. Two-time Super Bowl, two-time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you can see behind you. I'm I'm a fan. There's no no reading wiki pages for you guys, man. It's all up here. I like that. I like that. Welcome, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for giving us some time and, and... And just quickly, folks, you know, Lawrence is very much involved with the team. He knows that he has the heartbeat of what's going on. That's why I wanted to get Lawrence on. You know, he's very active with social media. He knows what's going on in the building. He he hosts, folks, a very popular podcast called Blue Rush with the New York Post. Beat writer Paul Schwartz, they do a hell of a job. And and Lawrence, you know what, buddy? Um, Let's get into it a little bit. We all know what's been going on around Giants land, uh, and we all know what was going to happen with Dave Gettleman. That was a foregone yeah. conclusion. But Lawrence, you look, Monday morning I reported with Judge. I said it's 70-30. He's, he's on pretty thin ice in the building, and he's going to have to save his job. Um, and he wound up, Mara and Tish wound up going in another direction. He was relieved of his duties. We all know that. So I have to ask you, Lawrence, were you surprised by this judge firing? Um, you know, just give us your opinion, yes or no. Um, I was, you know, after Monday, I did, we did our show and I, and I just told Paul and Jake and, and, and Andrew, I said, I, I, in my gut, I, I think they're keeping this guy. And a lot of people in a lot of Giants Nation could see why. I don't know what it was, guys, but there was something I really liked about Joe Judge. He, yeah. his football acumen, something, he is a really good football guy, but obviously this, he had lost his team somewhere. And I don't know where, and I'm, you know, listen, he was dealt a really bad hand this year with injuries. Coaches will never say it, but Mike, you can't win with Jake from Mike Lennon. You can't, you just can't win guys. That's why those, those first round picks and, and top players on your team make all the money. Yeah. And they just, they weren't available to him. And then I never thought that they were going to win with that offensive scheme. Jason Garrett, for whatever reason, just pigeonholed this team, even looking back to last year. Um, and they didn't start out great, even when the starters did play. Now, New Orleans gave us a glimpse of, right. wow, what can this be? And that was exciting. And then, you know, it all started poorly the next week when Saquon rolled his ankle. Daniel gets hit. I think Galladay got hurt that game, maybe. It, it was just a – and then it kept getting worse every week. So the more I thought about it, um, I knew when Steve Tisch came in the building, I just had a feeling that Steve Tisch was never going to be on board with keeping Joe Judge. Because all the things that, that John Mara and Judge talked about are things Steve Tisch doesn't give a shit about. Steve Tisch is an absent owner. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean right. he doesn't work in the building yeah. 24-7. And all he looks at is, did we win or did we lose and how are we playing? And so he doesn't get to see all the intangible type stuff that Joe talked about that we don't really truly know even exists. So um, surprised on Monday, on Tuesday when it, when it happened, I was... I was on board, man. I really was. I, I didn't want him to stay. I just didn't think it was you could match a new GM with him. Yeah, that's a great point. And and Lawrence, you know, at the end of last year, 
it just looked like such the right guy, didn't it? Like it looked it like did. the Giants had the right guy, and it it just went completely downhill this year. Like you said, know. injuries, and, and and at some point, you know, he lost the team. We obviously know about the the eleven minute rant, but I still can't get over the fact that when last year ended, he gave that great speech after the the Eagles basically, you know, Doug Peterson yeah. put in Sudfeld. That it it just went so downhill this year for him. I, I still can't get over it. You know, and it's funny because. There was a lot of optimism. They were five and three, I think, down the stretch in yes, 2020. Yep. And then they come in this year and, you know, you, you lose a, a game against Denver, but the, you know, the, the offsides penalty on the field goal against Washington. And, you know, I think injuries are really the story of the season. I, I don't know. You just can't. I mean, so many. I mean, starting from Washington game, when you lose Gates, and then you start to lose all your skill guys and Daniel. Yeah. And, you know, it was a mess. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. It, it just it felt like John Maris said it best. Like you know, you guys do shows and we do our podcast. It's it, it, I got so sick of talking about the same stuff. Oh. Like how bad can it be? And then every week we kept saying, I thought we hit rock bottom. And I swear to God, John Maris right. It got worse every single. I think you know two months ago, John Mara when he said I'm as I'm as optimist I'm as happy now as I was too. You know when we first hired Joe Judge, I'm paraphrasing. It's amazing how quickly he met his demise over the next two yeah. months, and it was accumulation of bad football and poor timing, poor press conferences. So it's the right move. Joe Judge is, I think, will be you know a good coach. I just. I think he micromanaged too much, you know, just kind of reading the tea leaves, talking to some people in the building. He had his hand in every phase. Um, he wanted it done his way. And that's just – you can't operate that way, man. You got to let coaches coach. And to be honest with you, their their offensive coaching staff was horrendous. horrendous. It was a terrible, terrible staff. <laughs> and, you know, if anything, Joe Judge is just not a very good hirer, if that's the right word, employer. He just doesn't – he just didn't know who to pick. And I think he might have put a little too much faith in these guys, Lawrence, like he did. Freddie and Jason, to run his offense with. Maybe he should have been a little more assertive, Lawrence, uh, jumping in there and saying, hey, listen, we got to do this my way. Lawrence, I got a question for you, bud. That fourth, that third and eight sneak on the fourth uh -huh. down, you think that was the final nail when Maris, says, when Maris said, oh, man, I, I got to move on here. This is unbelievable. Well, it, I, th I don't think the play was. I think the reaction was. Okay. I don't think the play was. I think the reaction from mainstream media, Aaron Rodgers, Wendy's. You guys saw the Wendy's. Wendy's too, yeah. Um, when when the Giants become the butt of jokes, yeah, it, it's very sensitive to the Mara family. And so I don't think the play was. I think the reaction was. And so when he said, man, we're just a laughing stock at the NFL, mm -hmm. I think it just reaffirmed kind of maybe his decision that he, he was going to make, you know, get rid of him. Lawrence, look, a new GM's coming in. We, you know the candidates. It's all fresh faces. Nobody's been a GM, full-time GM. And, and, that, and that's something I feel this building really needed, somebody from the outside, Lawrence, to come in here with fresh oh, yeah. ideas, right? So I, I'm asking you, bud, um, what are you looking for in this new GM and obviously going to be the new head coach that he hires? What, what are you looking for philosophy-wise, whatever it might be? What are some of the things you, you're focusing on? I, you just need – philosophy i don't give a shit about philosophy that's going to be up to the coaches you need a really good evaluator of talent thank you and that's um you know i trumped it uh kevin abrams and got killed for it but you know kevin abrams is guilty by association you know he's never had a chance to run this team and and he probably never will get it 
you know, based on the, the events that happened. So going outside the organization, it's pretty easy to identify the Bills, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Chiefs, all these teams that have been really successful. I mean, the Chiefs replaced their entire offensive line in one offseason. Mm-hmm. That was mind-blowing to me. We've been trying Browns, to do it. And the Browns did it last year, Lawrence. We've been trying to do it for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And we've got one guy, I think two. I mean, listen, uh, I'm going to go to the I, – I like Billy Price. I, I know people probably think he's – he played well. He played okay. You know, he's not Nick Gates, but if, we don't know about Nick Gates. So I think you really truly have a starter – and then a marginal starter in Billy Price. I only think you need three guys. But if we could bring in someone that can identify big talent, offensive and defensive linemen, which Ryan Poles is that guy. I think the Joe Shane in Buffalo. I mean, there's a lot of really good names. Right. Um, I like the kid from uh, the Chiefs. I like Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. He comes highly recommended for one of my former teammates. So. I'm, I'm kind of hearing he really, really did well in the interview, too, Lots. Oh, good. Boston College kid. He's from New York. Oh, that gives him a leg up with the Maris. But, but my question <laughs> there is, if you hire him, does who's his head coach, right? That's where I – because I'm not a huge, huge fan of the enemy because I feel like he's interviewed the last three years and no one will hire him. There's got to yeah. be a reason. What do you think that is? Well, I know he has some background, right? There's some sort of issue back in the day legality maybe it was mm-hmm. I, I don't want to speculate but he he has something but he doesn't call plays mm-hmm. you know it's, it's and andy reach andy place. calls the yeah. plays yeah. and i don't know you know how good is he in front of a team because ultimately your head coach just needs to be a leader of men tom coughlin dick vermeil herm edwards they were all those were my three coaches like they could stand up in front of the podium and in front of the team and you know get you pretty pumped up or focused on whatever you need to do and let his coaches coach. I maybe the enemy can't do that. I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. Sirianni didn't do it very well to start the year, <laughs> but um, it's funny, right? Joe Judge won the was an All Pro press conference guy, shitty coach, mm-hmm. and then Sirianni was scared to death in front of the podium. But he's he's a good football coach. It's amazing, isn't it? He looked like a disaster when it started. So in we Philly. have to start, you know, getting excited or, yeah. about these press conferences anymore and yeah. see what the. But I would like to see. I think there's a lot of good candidates. I think this, this thing could go a lot of ways. But I think if you go polls, then I think polls probably hire someone he's familiar with, right? Because GMs hire friends. Is is there a name out there, Lawrence, that you prefer as head coach of this team? Or would you leave it? Are you just kind of like – like my, our attitude, I think, is we're just going to leave this up to the GM and hope they make the right choice and, and, and I am, do their due diligence. Because, but. you know, Flores is the hot name because he, he had some success down in Miami, but he's pretty abrasive. Right. Um, you know, he, he got flung out of there because he obviously had a lot of disagreements with his quarterback and some front office people. And I just want to get away from the Belichick thing. I mean, right. it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. And if you really look at it, it hasn't worked either there in Miami. I mean, he's 500 and he had a good finish to the year, but they beat a bunch of crappy teams. Let's be honest. Mm. With, with backup um, quarterbacks at the time. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know who the... Right. You know, Dave, there's a lot of, I like Leftwich. I think Leftwich may be ready. A lot of people say, well, a lot of his success is based off Tom Brady, but he, uh, he had the number one offense in the league with, uh, Jameis Winston. Right. So he would be good if he's ready. I mean, they'll, they'll decide all that John Marin and see if he's ready to lead men. But I think you got to go with an offensive coach. Well, it's two quick things. First of all, um, we talked about the B thing on the last podcast, me and Jerry, and I said two things. One, 
for what I hear, he doesn't do a very, he doesn't have he doesn't do a very good interview. Or like you said, maybe he's a bad interview. Well, I have heard that that okay. he's not a very good. And two, like I said to Jerry in the last podcast, Lawrence, what would scare me is that it's really Andy Reid's show. It really what, is. What would be Andy be? What would he be like on his own? You know that. True. Now I'm not saying he won't be the biggest success going the next you know fight. I'm and, just saying that would worry me. Yeah, it's pretty good when you got Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes too. Yeah, yeah. We all know Andy Reid's offensive mind. You yep. know, uh, he's one of the best. So, Lawrence, two guys I want to ask you about, um, get your opinion. Daniel Jones, um, what you think of him and Saquon Barkley as far as him getting that second deal? What would you do with those two guys? Uh, Daniel Jones is very easy for me. I would let him play. I would not give him his fifth-year option. I'd make him play out this year. What is it? Eight million? Am I? Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah right. something like eight yeah. million. Yeah. Very easy decision for me to make. I feel like he's lost two years of his career playing in this system with this poor coach. I mean, you can't just say that Daniel Jones didn't play well. Look at look look how badly Glennon played, right? <laughs> like, and I know it's he's not great, but if like Glennon has a track record of. He has like an 82 quarterback rating over nine years. It's not a ton of games. I think he has more touchdowns than interceptions, typical backup type numbers. But his numbers were historically lower than what his career averages were. That's how bad this offense system was. So I almost feel like, Daniel, I just I keep thinking there's no way in hell as a player, your rookie year, you could go 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, and 13 games, and then play like Daniel has. Like he didn't fall off a cliff or forget how to play football. The system has failed him some way. So I am a Daniel Jones fan. I don't think he's a top 10 guy. I don't think he's a bottom 10 guy. But I think he could play into the top 10 with the right system around him. I mean, if he would have had Shermer, you know, I think we'd be talking about a different offensive quarterback at this time. But we don't. So we judge him on what we've seen, and it hasn't been very good, to be honest with you. But I have a whole lot more respect for Daniel after seeing Fromm and Glennon play than I ever have. Because what Daniel was able to do in that offense, behind that offensive line and that play calling, was extraordinary if you think about it. The numbers weren't great, but think about how bad it looked when he wasn't in. Yeah, it's a great point. And so that's what I judge Daniel on. Daniel deserves a shot to come back next year, be the starter with some competition, and see what happens. Saquon, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to moving him. I think running backs are a dime a dozen. I, I'm just, I, you know, I'm not saying Bradshaw and Brandon weren't good players and Derek Ward, but we won. If you look at all the Giants Super Bowls, they've all been run by running backs by committee type teams. Not, yes. and I really go back to, and this has nothing to do with Saquon, but that pick in 2018 set this franchise back a lot of years because you could have taken, you know, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, any of those quarterbacks, let them sit for a year behind Eli or two. And then you, we wouldn't be in this problem. But we took a running back at two, and I really think it set us back. I'm okay with Saquon coming back. What is it, 8 million? Same number? Yeah. yeah seven, I, I really seven, thought he was pick. starting to hit his stride in New Orleans. And then, of course, the bad ankle thing. Um, he'll, he's never going to live up to the number two pick. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to moving him either. If you can right. get a third or fourth round pick, because I really do think I don't want to call running backs a dime a dozen, but I think you can find running backs anywhere. Lawrence. They, if you look at the league as you do, like you said, I don't know if we want to go the dime a dozen route. 
And yeah, they're although, not I, although I use that term, I use that yeah. phrase all the time. I'll be honest yeah. with you about But you look around the league and you look at some of the teams playing this week with Elijah Mitchell, six round picks. Who's an undrafted free? Look what Seattle's done with running back. Somebody, it, it's not. You don't have to draft the running back second of all, like you said, Lawrence. And, you know, while Lawrence, that's pretty interesting. You said that you you feel it set this franchise back. And you know, when you said that, I started thinking. I said, "Wait, he's he's got a point." It's, it's the one pick in the last decade where you say. If you take it, you know, because McAdoo in 18 wanted, was McAdoo there in 18? No. No, sure. No. That was Shermer so, and Gettleman's uh, thing. Yep. So 18, that, that's the, that's, we took Saquon in 18. Right? McAdoo wanted him in 17, Mahomes. That's right. So yeah. 18, Josh Allen was available. Right. Yeah. That was a Josh I, Allen, I, Lamar Jackson I just, class. I just yeah. think where we messed up is not taking a quarterback before Eli, you know, retired. Right. And that's where we got it wrong. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing there, too, Lawrence, is that the big names there, I mean, Allen was one of them, but it was Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. Cleveland gave us the decision by taking Baker Mayfield, but it would have been interesting to see if, if Mayfield didn't oh, go one. one. Yeah, yeah, you know, what, what would the Giants have done? So I had another personnel question for you, Lawrence. Like, what, what astounds us is guys like Eric Flowers, Marcus Golden, <sighs> Justin Pugh, these, these guys are still playing in the league and, and at a better level than they were with the Giants. Like, is, is part of this as well nurturing talent and, and not giving up quickly, but, you know, not building them up to, you know, to their potential? Is that, it's not just recognizing talent. It's also nurturing it as well, isn't it? Yeah. I think of all the pro sports out there, the NFL is the ultimate coaching sport. Like, yeah. if you have good coaches, which we did, if you think about our first Super Bowl team, I think we had one Pro Bowler. The second Super Bowl, we had maybe two, JPP and Eli. Yeah. The first Super Bowl, I think OC was our only Pro Bowler. That's right, because he was he missed uh, the parade, yeah. And so it's all coaching. This whole league is coaching. Now, having said that, I also think it takes a special athlete to play in New York and excel in New York. And I think that's part of this new GM's job is to get guys in here. You know, you have to have a certain mentality to play in New York. And I, I'm not going to say those guys were soft or, you know, but you got, the media is tough. And it's one thing I really liked about Joe because I thought he handled everything so well in terms of press conference. That's another thing when we talk about head coaches, you have to find someone that can handle the media and not get flustered. And so, but I think coaching is a huge part of it. And I just think for whatever reason, the Giants have not had very good coaching since really Tom Coughlin left. Um, if you think about it, because they haven't developed any players and very few players are signing second contracts, which is yeah. not a good thing. Lawrence, I say this all the time, bud. We, we talk about this all the time. The NFL coaching is huge. It's everything. Monday to Saturday, and then the in-game coaching, the adjustments during the game. Man, there is no other sport like it. If you don't have it, you're not going to succeed, brother. I don't care who you have. Well, it's, it's the most evenly matched sports in terms of athlete size speed you know agility everything everyone does the same stuff like corners are corners they all run fast like you have to out scheme and out coach the other team and put your players in better position and that's really why you know if you think back on that staff we had and listen spags is still coaching right here in kansas city dave merritt's still coaching with him sam madison is coaching with him yeah i mean we had a bunch of really good coaches. The offensive guys just kind of aged out, right? Like Flats was kind of hanging around this year, and then Gilbride. And, yeah. But Sully, Mike Sullivan, quarterback coach, he's coaching in Pittsburgh. So all these coaches that we had, they're if you look around, the ones that are left from the, they're still coaching yeah. 
playoff football teams because they're good coaches. And the Giants just haven't had very good coaching, probably, you know, to be honest, since Coughlin left. Lawrence, speaking of coaching and, and a good coach, um, would you like to see Patrick Pat Graham interviewed when it comes time? Yeah, I would. Tell me what you think like about him, him Lawrence. I like him a lot. I think the guys, obviously, you can tell by the way they play, how mm -hmm. much they respect him. He's very intelligent. Um, I think a lot of guys like him. I think he's got a really cool personality. I watch a lot of his press conferences. He's easy to talk to, yes, self-deprecating. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul and I talked about this on our pod. I, I, I don't know what he's like in front of a room full of the whole team. Um, you have to be able to motivate. Like I said, I think a head coach, he doesn't have to know offensive or defensive football, but can he lead a group of men and get them focused on the task at hand? And um, But I certainly think Patrick Graham deserves a, an interview at the very least. Uh, I also uh, wouldn't be, you know, I'm not jumping up and down for him, but I think he's earned that right to interview. And uh, I just almost think, he, you know, when because him and Joe Judge are best friends. Yes, they are. That would be very awkward. That would be awkward, um, yeah. You know? I just uh, and I don't know. Joe uh, Pat Graham's going to have him. He's going to be well sought after for as a coordinator again. But I'm yeah. certain I'm pretty sure he'll 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 get a head coaching interview. Yeah, I'd love to see. Would love to see what he could do with a uh, with a pass rush, because I I thought what he did with this defense, especially later on in the season, was pretty remarkable. Being that they were on the field so much this year. Let me ask you this question: Would you pay uh, Would you pay Zoe Carter? No, oh, I just we just wrote about it. Um, Sorry, Lawrence, I would not. You know, I know. I I know look, low, low. I, no, Lawrence, you. look, I know he flashed. I wouldn't either. Three, but to me, it's just been way too inconsistent the last, you know, the four years he's been here. Uh, injuries and all that stuff. Uh, to me, he played his last game. I, I, think, I think he's a 4-3 defensive end. No, we got him playing 3-4. Yeah, I just. I think me, you. Oh, yeah. Ahead, I'm, I'm sorry. I think you offer him a one-year deal. I know there's going to be a team out there that gives him more than that because they're going to look at the last five games and say, look at this guy. He's, he's healthy he's now. Healthy, yeah, yeah. But, oh, uh, he's I gonna, think, uh, yeah, he's going to get a deal. No yeah, he's going to get a deal, deal somewhere. somewhere. But I, yeah. I would love to get him back on a one-year prove it, but <laughs> he's not going to do make, it. He'll go make five Pro Bowls, him and, him and Evan Ingram. That's, uh, oh, oh, I, you know what? I'm glad you brought him up, Lawrence. Yeah. Tell me, what do you think about Evan Ingram? Man. You talk, Lawrence, before player. you answer. One second, Lawrence, before you answer. I've been on this for the longest time that I know Evan has his faults. I know he's he not does. the most well, But to me, this guy has not been schemed up right. And Never. Thank you, Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence, give not me your opinion. Not since Shermer. Thank you. Give you they, opinion. They ran, they ran one play this year to his skill set against the Las Vegas Raiders up the sideline. They put him out wide, go route, touchdown. Everything else he's done in this scheme has been horizontal. You cannot let an athlete like him run horizontal. Yeah, every route he ran was to the sidelines or across the middle. You got to get Evan Ingram up the seams. Nobody can run with him. But again, we were never able to protect long enough to get him the ball up the seam on a go route, so they just didn't scheme it. Um, I would not be surprised if Evan Ingram goes and makes three or four, five more Pro Bowls. I, he's young, he's fast, he's twitchy. He just needs yep. more. You know, he needs to be used in the right way. So I, I know a lot of people don't like him. I think he's I think he's going to go be really good for somebody. Oh, trust me, Lawrence. I've got my hate tweets at me when I stuck yeah. up for him. I, I matter of fact, I even said Jerry Jerry attested this. I said Jerry, watch this guy. He's going to go to another team and, and he's going to oh, be yeah. in the right scheme yeah. and he's going to go off. Watch. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine Tom Brady throwing him the ball up the <sighs> stream? Jeez. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Lawrence, I I, I don't. 
want to constantly look back, but just let's look back at the draft this year. When the Giants traded down and got another pick this year, was your reaction the same as ours? Like, you know, I just want to understand your your role as, as, as watching this. And did, did you think, like, you know, you had the, 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 the easy picks there. You had the Slater, the Parsons. Then they took Tony. Like, what was your mindset when they did that? I'm just curious. Um, I'm all for more picks. And to be honest with you, you know, when you finish five and three, I thought the Giants thought they were a lot closer than they really were. So you trade down. They yeah. probably wanted a receiver. Devontae Smith gets taken. So you go to your number two guy on the board, probably Tony. Um, you could do that every draft, guys. Like there's always guys above where you picked that, or after where you picked where you could say, sure. well, he's a pro bowler. You know, Micah Parsons didn't play football in 2020. You know, so it was hard maybe for the Giants to say, yeah, let's draft this kid this high. Now, kudos to the Cowboys for taking him. But um, I, I like more picks. You know, it sets us up this year. I always like more picks. I think, you know, I would try to get as many picks as I could in the first, second, and third round. And then I wouldn't care about the rest. I would just sign a bunch of free agents every year and <laughs> try and try and stock as many first, second, third, maybe fourth rounders as I could to build a football team. Because it's really what how the Patriots have built their team with a ton of second-round picks yeah. over the years. All right, Lawrence, you know, we're getting a little short on time. I know you got to run, and thank you again for giving us some time. But uh, So fans are going to want to hear this, Lawrence. They want to hear about the pass. And you all, look, hey, look, you kicked this organization to two Super Bowls. So take me back to Green Bay, Lawrence. Look, first off, <laughs> you hit the field in pregame. Tell me what the hell you were feeling, I mean, what you were thinking in that cold weather. And, Lawrence, I have to ask you, brother, they they get the interception in the overtime. Is Coughlin looking at you like – can you do this at 47? What was that like, that exchange between you and Coach Coughlin? So, to start the day off, it was just cold. I mean, you guys, I think it's third or fourth coldest game in yeah. NFL history. Mm -hmm. It changes every year, of course. Now they're saying next week's going to be cold. But um, you knew it was going to be tough because, you know, Jeff Fiegel's usually traditionally does about 10 or 12 holds for me on each side of the field. Well, after five, he, he couldn't catch the ball. Wow. But no longer physically catches the football to put it down and kick it. So I knew it was going to be a tough day, and obviously it turned out to be a pretty tough day. I was three for five, best day of my life, really tough conditions. Um, you know, Coughlin does not – he didn't really try to find me. Naturally, you know, the story is, and it's the truth. I When when we pick the ball off and Steve Smith – we get the ball and we Steve Smith drops the ball or something like that on third down, right. I just ran out there. Um I don't know that Tom would have necessarily said, yeah, let's kick it here. Maybe they're going to go for it. But certainly I had a lot of confidence in myself um, to go out there and make the kick. And we went out there and we made the kick. And so, um, you know, we'll see, a, we'll see it a lot here coming up in the next couple of weeks because it's kind of one of those kicks they like to show on ESPN during the playoffs. So uh, just blessed to be in that moment, man, with that team. And then, of course, we did it again four years later. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, Coughlin says in the America's game that he's looking for a sign. All of a sudden, you just ran out there. I was gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> I was going to ask you, once you did it with 40, you know, 47 yards in Green Bay. That's incredible. Still a record, Jerry. Still a postseason yeah. record. Were you, were you even nervous in, in San Fran? I mean, I know that's a you you know, know, that fan was, question. but every, Everyone has its own – story so that one if you guys remember it took forever so we line up to kick it it's a terrible spot and i'm kind of in a puddle so i moved the ball over like two inches to the right and said steve just make sure we get it out of the puddle because it was pretty short it's like 26 yeah and then we get 
the offsides, you know, or no, I'm sorry, we get delay a game. So we delay a game, but thank God, I don't know if you guys saw it, if you go back and watch the original copy, the one of our guards got jumped over. So it would have got blocked. <laughs> so this is this is why everything you have to be lucky to win a Super Bowl, right? So yeah, right. had we have kicked that ball, probably would have gotten blocked. And so we back wow. up five yards, beautiful spot, awesome. And then um, they call timeout. So I'm going. I mean, I'm out there for that's a long time. Yeah, you got right. delay a game, timeout, and you know people are just chirping at you the whole time, whatever. And Steve walked over to Tom and came back. You know, crazy Steve. And so you know we come back, get a little bit of a low snap, and then we you make the kick. But um, it's just crazy to be, even be put in that position twice. Like you think it happens to you once in your career, that's a career, but. The fact that I've done it twice is pretty wild. And for folks, sure. and, and for people who don't remember, that field was torn up. I mean, it was raining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that had funny. to be, right? It, you know, it's that... funny because HDTV doesn't do it justice. When you watch a game on HD, like you have not, <laughs> it doesn't look like it's raining that hard. Like if you go back to that game, I mean, it was brutal. The yeah. wind was brutal. The field was wet. It was muddy. And that, in some cases, that wasn't a harder kick than the one in Green Bay. It just took right. more mental prep for me because, like, I was like, okay, I can't slip. I can't drive too hard. I got to be nice and light on my feet. Yeah. So it all worked out, yeah. Lawrence, what was your relationship like with Tom Coughlin? Because Coughlin's from that Parcells school of, yeah. you know, and Parcells wasn't the biggest <laughs> fan of kickers at times and, and all that. So what was your relationship like with Tom? Me and Tom were super close. Um, you know, he had a – just a, you know, when you go through my first year there was us winning the Super Bowl, and I had made a big kick for him. So I think naturally, like, I was his guy, right? Like, I was his right. kicker who, right. you know, I wasn't a 95% guy, and I probably missed some kicks I probably shouldn't have missed. But, like, he knew any time the game was on the line, which I proved in my career, I would come out and win the game for him. So um, Tom and I were, were really, you know, I say as close as a coach and player could be. Um, he liked us. He respected us. He, uh, he enjoyed the way we worked. You know, I don't think he thought of us as kickers because we did a lot of things with the team throughout the, you know, I'd be with right. the DBs a lot, helping okay. in practice. Um, you know, I played DB in high school, so I was always with Peter Genta or Dave Merritt, throwing the guys the balls. Got the honorary DB towel the DBs gave me. So I try to implement myself. You know, I was a football player, but, like, the only way I could play pro football was if I kicked. Yeah. So I go. always fashioned myself – as a football player that just kicked and, you know, wouldn't they, trade it for the world. Lawrence, they used to be a kicker here years ago with Parcells named Matt Barr. I'm sure you heard of him, of oh, course. Yeah. And Parcells loved him because he always said that about Matt Barr. He goes, yeah, he's he's a kicker, but he's a football player yeah. that's yeah. playing kicker. Yeah, and that's where, you know, listen, we were, between me, Steve, and, you know, I had Fiegels and Zach Diossi, I mean, we were all like three or four, four sport athletes. We weren't just right. like. We just found a way to make it to the NFL doing, right. you know, punting, kicking, and snapping. So um, we're, we're pretty good athletes for the most part. And all, and, and all your time with the Giants, Lawrence, who was the, the biggest competitor on those teams? Ooh. Big, I mean, at, uh, Eli for sure. Wow. In okay. his own little way in hmm. terms of – I just – you know, the way he showed up every Sunday and competed and was available – uh, hated to lose. Um, we had a lot of good competitors. You know, it's it's hard to just pick one. Obviously, he's the easy one to pick. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. People might be surprised to hear that. Yeah. The, the biggest. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, because well, he's so I, I think, laid back a bit. 
Yeah, but I think just him being available every Sunday. I mean, he played through some pretty vicious yeah. stuff, like mm-hmm. stuff that I know I couldn't play through. And he played quarterback, and that alone just tells me how competitive he is. Lawrence, you know, getting back to that 49 game, that championship game, and I mean, I've said this numerous times. Jerry has said it too. That's a top two to three game for Eli because that yeah. guy caught yeah. a beating that yeah. game. And like San Fran game, yeah, the, the 49er yeah. championship game, he, he caught a beating that game, and he kept coming. It, it was sort of like that Rocky movie, Lawrence. So he, the guy, kept coming, talking about Rocky. I mean, that was Eli that day. He just kept coming, and Lawrence, you know, brother, I mean, you were there. I mean, yeah. he caught a beating that day. The that 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 Niners defense was tough. Yeah, I oh, mean, man. there were some big dudes, big like scary dudes too. Willis, I mean, right? You know, Willis, and then the big, you know, the big white dude, the big D tackle, Justin Smith. Oh, Justin that's right. Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he Bengals. was a yeah. monster. Yeah. yeah, just an absolute monster. Yeah. Then they had Alden Smith on that's the right. edge. Yep. Um, Patrick Willis, you named them. Some good secondary players. They were just they were they were a physical team. Yeah. But so were we. You know, we weren't super flashy. We were a big. You know, Coach Quinn used to call it a heavy-handed Northeastern NFC East team. That's hmm. what we were like. You know, that's how, you know, our kickoff team looks a lot different than a lot of other kickoff teams because we have bigger, you know, Chase Blackburns, if you think about guys like that. Big, yeah. strong guys. That's just the way the divisions are made up. But they were tough, man. And he did get his ass kicked that game. But Well, you know what? Lawrence, speaking of that team, I mean, I was, they were coached by Jim Harbaugh, who's now putting it out there. He might be interested. What do you think about him? No, would you would no, you be no. interested run, in interviewing run, him? Run. <laughs> Hell no. Nice. I don't. I just don't think that plays anymore in in the NFL game, man. We just had that guy in a weird way that ran ridiculous training camps and tough practices, Joe Judge. Right. I mean, you can't do that. It's you know the 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 Greg Schiano's, the you go down the list. It's Nick Saban's, the it, it's just not. It doesn't work anymore. And the reason these coaches are doing this is because Jim Harbaugh knows he's never going to win a national championship in Michigan, <laughs> and he's just not. There's no way you're not going to win one. You're going to get to the playoffs and maybe sneak in and maybe get to a final one year, but no one's beating Alabama or Georgia. Yeah, that's And so I think this, this transfer portal has really given college coaches fits. I couldn't imagine. You spend all this time recruiting kids and they spend a year with you and they leave. And it's, you know, it's just not worth it. I heard a lot of NFL coaches want to come co- – or a lot of college coaches want to come to the NFL now. Yeah, these kids are leaving and, left and right, Lawrence. But Jim Harbaugh's yeah. not the right guy. I just don't think he'd handle the media right. I don't think he's the right fit um, for the Giants, but who knows? Um, I know you were out in 08. You had the meniscus issue. Um, yep. Is there maybe you might it might be the 08 team for you? But was there another Giants team during your tenure where you said, you know what, if we got into the playoffs or the right things happened, we could have made some noise? No, just that 08 team. Okay. You know, I played in that playoff game, and one of them, I'll say one of the Coach Coughlin's biggest coaching errors in his career was not letting me kick at least one of those two field goals that John Carney missed. That's right. Because he didn't have the leg to get it there. I was active. I did kickoffs that day. And Mm -hmm. I was available to kick a 47-yarder. And, you know, he didn't send me out there for it. And there's one thing I I have a little regret about is not pitching myself more to Tom that day. Um, cause I, I think that team was, you know, sure. Plaxico got hurt. I still think we could have done a little damage, um, throughout the playoffs, but that yeah. team was ridiculous. I, I don't think we had, 
you know, the 10 team was okay. 11, you know, 11 obviously was good. 12 was. Yeah, the only reason, I, yeah, that's why I asked. The 12 team was still 9 and 7, and you're 9 and 7, 11. You didn't, you didn't make it in 12. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that if you just gotten in in 12, that may, maybe you'd have some magic as well. But, yeah. Yeah, we were the kings of that, right? Yeah. I mean, we just, for whatever reason, got in that tournament. So we, uh, you know, I think I like the Steelers this week. They're kind of my, yeah, I like yeah, the Steelers yeah. and my really? Niners, and the Niners are my underdog picks. Steelers, interesting. Yeah. I just they're they're playing with house money, man. Yeah, and there you go. they said Juju might be back. Yeah. Well, he just came up. I know he just got activated off the IR. Yeah, but so uh, that's that adds a little dimension. Interesting. I, they probably won't. I just think they can make some noise. I like your Niner pick though, Lawrence. That I do like this week. I think Dallas could be in big trouble Sunday. Oh, I do too. That's the team you didn't want to play. Most importantly, Bucks Eagles. Who do you like in that one? I gotta ask. Man, because of where we live. Yeah, I. Jalen Hurts is just a winner, man. Mm. We didn't get a, We didn't get to talk about that enough. He's just a winner. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not going to blow you away throwing the ball. Yeah. But he's a winner. He finds. I, I think Tampa wins, but I think it's close. Okay. I like Jalen Hurts. I like the way he moves the football. They run game. So, I think it'll be close. I think the Bucks will win though. Lawrence, my man, listen, I know you got to run and stuff. I yep. want to thank you a lot, man, for giving us some time. Uh, folks, don't forget, listen to this Blue Rush podcast with him and uh, Paul Schwartz at Post. Uh, yeah, we're writer. done for the year. We'll catch you back in the fall. Oh, all right, we, all right. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, maybe I, appreciate some... the, I appreciate the shout out. We might do a free agency and then a new head coach hire one, but. Yeah, okay. I yeah. figured that. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I didn't know that, but okay. So they might be doing some down the road. Lawrence, thank you, my man. Um, I think I don't know a lot of people know Lawrence. Your, your old man was a Navy SEAL or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and your yeah, brother was in the nice. service. Arms, wasn't your yep. brother in the military? Army. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank them for their service, my man. No, I appreciate and, that. And it was a pleasure to have you on. I hope to talk to you soon. Yep. And we'll see how this all season goes. Hopefully, this, these new guys coming in and turn this stuff around. Yeah, we'll do it again after the draft. See what we got. I hear you, Lawrence. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks, thank man. you for having me. See you. Awesome. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that, man. What a nice guy. What a good dude. And, and giving us his time like that. I mean, that was that was awesome. Um, and someone who's really got a, a pulse on the team. Right, Chris? Yeah, that was one of the reasons why, you know, Jerry, I wanted to get Lawrence on because, you know, you see how active he is in social media. But yeah. he's very active with the Giants. He knows yeah. what's going on. And he knows a lot of inside stuff. He's still got friends in the building and all that. So, uh, you know, and he was he gave a lot of. Pretty interesting opinions, I think, Sherry. There's one regret I have. I should have asked him about his medium Pepsi avatar. I can't believe he put that out there for a while. And I was I forgot to ask him about it. Like, man, the ball's on him to put that out there for a bit. <laughs> Jerry, you know, that's the thing about, I like about Lawrence is that um, he bleeds blue, right? I mean, he, he he's a giant through and through. Yeah. Two Super Bowl champions. But, but he will criticize at times. He yeah, will say cool. like it is, you know, he will give I should say he will give his opinions. Yeah. And he if he doesn't like something that's going on, he will talk about that. You know, yeah. he's not like just like, oh everything's great here. Oh, yeah. we'll get this turn around. Everything's gonna be you know, Daniel Jones is the top flight. You know, he just he gives his opinions and some people I'm sure in that building probably don't like it at times, but you know, he's fair. He's very objective. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we look Jerry, that's what we pride ourselves here too, you know. Oh yeah. Being objective, you know, we're going to say it like it is, and we have to criticize. We're going to criticize, yep. uh, and all that, you know. So, uh, you know, I've seen Lawrence catch a lot of heat on social media. You know, how social you know, Twitter is just a you know social media thing and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, but I, I thought he was a very good, very good listen, Jerry. Very good listen. Awesome. Awesome. I think we'll have him gun in the future, man. Maybe after draft, like he said. So 
Yep. Good, good, good stuff with Lawrence. We'll thank him again for being on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anything else, pal? No, that's it, man. Hope everybody enjoyed. We'll talk next week. All right, guys, to order a subscription to The Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com. And for a digital subscription, go to magster.com, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed it. And remember, Sundays are giant days. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody.